It's snacking and get cracking with a snack that packs a protein punch. Pistachios are known for their protein power, fiber, and better for you unsaturated fats for a combination that may help you keep feeling fuller longer. Wonderful Pistachios is a good source of protein with zero gill. Each one ounce serving has six grams of protein, giving you over 10% of your daily value. I love that they come in a variety of sizes and flavors, making this the perfect protein snack for any on-the-go adventure. Check out wonderfulpistachios.com to learn more about how these little green wonders can power up your day. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Flow Track Podcast. I'm Olivia Panay, joined with Ashley Titians. It's been an incredible week. We were in New York City for the New York City Marathon. And of course, today was a very special day for cross country as a lot of these teams lined up for their regional championships to qualify for NCAAs, which will be next week at the University of Virginia. But before we dive into all the things, we have to thank our wonderful sponsors. Are you guys looking for a delicious and nutritious snack that is packed with a real protein punch? Crack into a good source of protein with tasty, healthy, wonderful pistachios. Each one ounce serving of wonderful pistachios contains six grams of protein, giving you over 10% of your daily value. It's one of the highest protein nuts out there. But that's not all. Pistachios are also known for their fiber and they're better for you unsaturated fats, which will help you keep feeling fuller longer. So what is the best part about this? Wonderful pistachios comes in a variety of flavors, sizes, perfect for enjoying with your family and friends as you're going on your adventures, whether you're heading to the NCAA Cross Country Championships next week or you're going in between meetings, make sure you fuel up with Wonderful Pistachios because it will become your now go-to snack. Check out wonderfulpistachios.com to learn more about how these little green wonders can power up your day. So without further ado, Ashley, this has been an exciting day. We're going to be running through all the results of re by region by region. We're going to start off with the women's teams, then we'll shift to the men. We're going to go over the auto qualifiers before going into our unofficial projections for the at-large teams based on the Colas calculators. But Ashley, it's not just you and I today. No, it's not. We have some, I mean, obviously a huge show today, so we got to bring in some special guests to help us out. And so we're going to bring in Corey Mole and Brian Dival here. They're going to be having us help us out here with the whiteboard. And so I think we're very excited to have a full crew today for the show. And it looks like Brian, you got a bag yeah. of wonderful pistachios. You can't quite see Brian's mustache, but we both are full of Movember charm here. We're yes. ready for Navy. Love it. I love it. So let's go ahead and dive into this. I want to kind of recap just thinking about last year. We have NAU, who is a three-state title winner, and they won... Uh, national title National winner. title yes. winner, yes, that's correct. And they've won six out of the seven past years. And on the women's side, uh, NC State, who was actually beat by NAU earlier this year, there's nine regions, 18 autos, 13 at large, making that 31 teams total, and there's one push per region. So let's go ahead. We're going to dive into the Great Lakes region. And on the women's side, look at these results. Number one was Notre Dame. You had Wisconsin at number two. I'm also gonna kind of highlight three and four because they have an opportunity to potentially sneak in based off the at-large bids that are going around. You got Michigan State at third and Michigan fourth. So Ashley, were there any surprises coming from the Great Lakes region? You know, yes, you know, obviously, so Notre Dame was the favorite going into this race on the women's side. They were projected to, you know, finish up there. I mean, they're one of the top contenders in the ACC and they're by far the best team going into this region. So that wasn't a surprise there. You have 
Olivia Markazic, she's their top girl. She gets the win there pretty pretty solidly there on the yes. individual side. She ran 1955 for 6K. However, the surprise here has to be the Wisconsin women, right? So they lost to Michigan State at the Big Ten Championships, yet they come in and they beat Michigan State here at regionals, get second overall, get that auto qualifier there, just by not, not nine points, 11 points, if I can do math correctly there. <laughs> and that was really big for them. You know, they go 5, 13, 14, 16, and 23, um, you know, to run really well there. You know, Michigan State has that one-two punch of Katie and McKenna there up at front. They finished third and fourth. However, that wasn't enough to beat Wisconsin. So right. looking at the autos, it's Notre Dame and Wisconsin very solidly in there. Yes. And then it's just an exciting race to the finish. And it was just super spectacular. I know we talked about Addie Ingle from mm -hmm. Ohio State earlier in the season. Just someone to keep your eyes out for, grabbing that second place position for Ohio State. So it's just wonderful to see those ladies do great things. Gentlemen, how are we looking at the whiteboard? Well, looks great. Whiteboard has our auto qualifiers here, as you mentioned. Notre Dame, Wisconsin, Michigan State, Michigan, three, four, or kind of up for grabs, depending yes. on how that large is swing. So I don't know if you want to wait for it or if you want to get into it, but um, how do we how are we faring here in the Great Lakes region for three, four? Well, if you're looking at this right, like if you're looking at these that large, and if you do the Coles calculator and looking at these wins especially on the women's side you know michigan state has beaten wisconsin before they've gotten some top wins at big tens and um you know such so based on, if i don't want to give anything away and we're going to get into the at large a little bit later but i would kind of lean michigan state well, definitely leading. in that at large consideration <laughs> michigan it may be a tough call for them but i'd Yes, that's how we're looking at that right now. Yes, we're gonna at this point. That's where we're gonna stay. We're gonna go uh, later in the show. We're gonna talk a little bit deeper about who we project uh, is gonna grab those auto the at large bids. There. Let's go ahead and move to Mid Atlantic. Uh, this was an exciting region on the women's side. You had Georgetown taking spot number one. Honestly, I'm not surprised there. Nope. We've been seeing them put everything together. Then you also had Penn State coming in second, grabbing that second spot. On that cuff, you're going to have the University of Pennsylvania and also West Virginia. Ashley, any I didn't think this was a surprise. Were you no. surprised by anything from this, this region? This was also very expected. You know, Georgetown's one of the top five teams in the country, and so... You know, they go out there and they take care of business. And they were even without, they decided to rest their top runner, Chloe Scrimgore, and they still go out there and they get first overall. And then Penn State was projected to get second there and they take second. So again, no surprises there. And, you know, it played out about as well as I expected it. However, I will say on the individual side for the race, now that was interesting. It came yes. down to a tenth of a second, I believe, to determine that winner there. Um, so that was pretty cool. Yeah, coming down to the wire, if you, I, I believe we post, no, we didn't post this one. Yes, we did. So we did. We, yes, we okay. have some footage of this on, <laughs> on our Instagram. I was like, we did. Okay, awesome. Yeah, you could just see, like, Sadie and Melissa really just diving after it. Melissa, Sadie just came in with the, the surge there toward the, well, Sadie was winning. Melissa was coming in with that late surge. But Melissa and Kelsey were able to grab those two, three spots for Georgetown. I think that just kind of helped them mentally to just push all the rest of the, the Hoyas in there through through the finish. Gentlemen with the whiteboard, any other <laughs> thoughts on this region? Riggins was down eight seconds uh, with 2K to go. So that is quite the margin to make up there in the final stretch. She didn't win, but I think the way you finish really gives Georgetown uh, a lot of 
sort of, you know, good feelings about that performance. And Georgetown is the only ranked uh, team in this region. So they were definitely guaranteed for the most part to, to get through. So I, I don't even think if beyond the, the first two, we can think of anyone kind of bumping into the NCAA championships because Georgetown was far and away the best team in the Mid-Atlantic. Yes. I actually love that point that Corey brought up. It's like you just got to get – you just got to finish the race, right? Like you line the, the ladies up, you attack it, do what you need to do. And, again, and I mean, like go. like Corey said, like, you know, they were pretty dominant. They're probably – they weren't really threatened in this region. Right. So they are able to rest their top runner and still get through pretty easily. Exactly. All right, let's move to Stillwater, Oklahoma at the Midwest region. Again, I feel like there are no surprises here. Coming in at number one – Oklahoma State, the fifth best team in the nation right now, handling their business with 30 points. Coming in second, Iowa State, 75 points. And then you had Northwestern finishing third in the Minnesota fourth. So, Ashley, what can we take away from this region? Similar to the Mid-Atlantic, no real surprises here. You know, we expected Oklahoma State to dominate on their home course. Yes. And then Iowa State was by far the, you know, the next best team in that region. And so, um, you know, I think what's more exciting to me based on these results is – you know, if you look at the top two women, you have um, Bill Chikiro and Taylor Rowe for Oklahoma yeah. State. And I think that's really big, you know, because Taylor Rowe didn't make her debut this year until conference, until Big 12s. And she won that race. And so now I think this is just like, okay, this is the one-two punch they're going to need to elevate them once they get to nationals. And seeing that that one-two punch is, in fact, intact and healthy and ready to go, like, I think that's the biggest takeaway I have from here. Mm -hmm. All right, gentlemen with the whiteboard. How are we feeling about this region? I mean, I think you look at these results and with Oklahoma State taking a 30-point win, uh, it just solidifies why in the coaches' poll they're ranked uh, so highly at fifth overall. I think they put on that dominant performance. And, uh, yeah, I mean, clearly, again, another region where there wasn't much up in the air here. We knew the two teams that were going to be in. I'm still going to get to the other regions. I, I got some things and thoughts on the other regions that are pretty exciting. <laughs> Hey, this one was kind of cut and dry for me. Uh, second half race for OK State here, um, and it was a pretty dominating one. Uh, first 3K, DePaul comes out of nowhere, and then OK State in the last 3K basically takes the show. So it was an interesting race altogether for the women. I agree. All right, let's move on to the next region. We're going to go to Lubbock, Texas. The mountain. Okay, let me say one thing. Why did they hold the mountain region in Lubbock, Texas, first off? But that's, that's a, a great question. Anyways. <laughs> I was like, Lubbock, Texas. <laughs> oh, yeah, I think you're right. You know, you do have some mountainous uh, qualities to it. It's not like altitude like you think of like, uh, you know, NAU would be or where BYU, Provo, and, and Colorado. But I think it's like, you know, 2000 feet elevation, right? Okay. I'll come back to you on that one. When you come back to us, I'll let you know. Okay. Research. <laughs> just research over here on the, uh, the laptop. All right. Sounds good. Okay. I was really this, – this region intrigued me quite a bit. On the women's side, not a surprise here. Well, maybe it was for some, but NAU has been looking super dominant, looking great, 50 points, okay. just – 39 30, Sorry. 39 points, just edging out BYU, who is the third-ranked team this year. You had Utah coming in third. Colorado was fourth. And then fifth and sixth, you had Utah Valley and Colorado State. So, Ashley, are you surprised no. by the results of this? No, and I think, you know, 
even if, if you look into it even more, right? Like NEU didn't run Elise Stearns. They didn't run their top girl. Mm -hmm. And they still, you know, only put up 39 points and they win pretty handily over BYU. It's, again, you know, a top five team in the country. I think at this point, it's just maybe a question of like, you know, can NAU, you know, continue to just put these pieces together, you know, now that we're about to go to nationals next week. And, you know, even though Elise Stearns, their top girl, wasn't there, they still had Grace Lynn Larkin, who won overall in 1919 for for 6K. So right. I think it's just it shows the depth of NAU. They went 1, 6, 7, 10, 15. I mean, their entire five in the top 15 and their entire top four within the top ten. I must say with NIU, I just had a conversation about this with someone yesterday, mm -hmm. and they were asking me, hey, what do I feel about the women's team? And I'm just like, they have so much depth, yeah. which is super incredible. I would take depth over anything, mm -hmm. to be honest, when it comes to cross country, because it just shows the rebuild that you can have with teams as the years come and come, you still have that strong foundation. So, again, not surprised here. NAU, BYU gentlemen with the whiteboard. What are y'all's thoughts on the mountain region? You know, four years ago, five years ago, it was all about running with the boys, NAU. NAU. Yeah. And now I think it's about running with the girls. Uh, <laughs> NAU's got a really good chance to do something new and different, win a national title, but they're going to have to go up against – the, the heavyweights of N uh, NC State. So I think it's going to be a great show at, at NCAAs. Yeah. I think the crazy thing for me is like how many teams in the country can win the region meet. And obviously some regions are weaker than others, but like you win the region meet and you sit your top runner. Like that's, that's just yeah. wild. And still you win by that much of a margin to the third ranked team in the country. Like that yeah. for me is like, you know, hands down, just uh, absolutely remarkable. I think overall though, this region is, one of the deepest regions that you know around there's there's a lot of top teams in there yeah yeah um yeah. that were in the so the, the top saying something the top six teams are all all ranked so i mean you're not wrong here I, I think nau though uh has the depth to compete with anybody at this point but the stakes are the highest that they've ever been and that's where real pressure comes into play and how you deal with it uh over this next week is going to define your season I love that. Yes. Now the pressure's starting to boil up once more. How would they be able to handle that pressure? They have an opportunity to sweep. Lubbock elevation, 3,202 feet. Oh, thank you for that stat, Brian. Thank you. Yeah. I mean, that makes sense. Yes. They were thriving in elevation where they usually thrive. Yes. Let's kind of go up towards the mountains. Up toward the mountains. All right. So we understand now why it's in. Lubbock. All right, let's move to the opposite side of the country, the Northeast. This was held at Van Cortlandt Park, which we are all very familiar with. Ooh, what a race to the finish on uh, the women's side. Yes. Excuse me, Syracuse coming in number one. The biggest storyline here is Boston College yes. sneaking in there for number two, Providence third, Harvard fourth. And the thing is, Syracuse, Providence, and Harvard are three ranked teams uh, based off the USTF CCCA rankings. Ashley, are, are, like, what are your thoughts about Boston College after you uh, saw this? Yeah, Boston College ruined up every projection probably <laughs> that you'd ever have for the Northeast. Like, yeah. Again, not ranked, don't have many wins if you go in the Colas calculator. And, you know, they were not going to get in unless they got this second place yes point. and i mean hey like i think that's just like shows like on any given day like you you anything can happen especially at regionals when you're motivated anything can happen and if they must have gone in there thinking gosh we got to get got to get top two and that's what happens and so 
that was pretty, I thought that was pretty surprising. I was a little surprised to see Harvard, you know, slide to fourth. Yeah. They were the top-ranked team in that region. Yeah. And they get fourth there. And, um, you know, again, I'm surprised by Syracuse as well. Two, two ACC schools leading the way there. Goodness. And just looking at the team scores, Syracuse with 98 points, Boston College right there with 109. And if you look like just in depth with the the program that Boston College has put together the the lineup they had they finished 8 17 21 30th and 33rd like they were to get all their top five runners in the top 40 which I think honestly helped to separate them from the rest of the other teams that are on uh w that are within this region yeah that so mean they, it, was it looks like they only had a, a 36 second spread and obviously I think that's what helps them yes running here. the pack yep that's right because obviously they didn't have they only had one person within the top 10 only two within the top 20 but that spread there is I think what really helps them yeah Corey and Brian what are your thoughts on the northeast region <laughs> That's why you race. That's why you race. Yep. You know, forget about projections. It's about racing on the day. BC, <laughs> auto lock. I like it. I love it. All right. Now let's move on. We're going to go a little bit down toward the southern part of the country. Let's go to the south central. This was in Arkansas. Again, this for me. Well, enough for you. You were really I was elated. I was just like, yes. My Aggies did it. Coming in at number one, though, was Arkansas, the 11th best team in the nation, Texas A&M. Coming in for second with nine, with, hang on, yes, with 90 points. LSU finishing third with 129 and Tulane with 139. Did we, I know we expected Arkansas to do what they needed to do. Yeah. Did you expect Texas A&M to finish second? Absolutely not. Absolutely not. I thought... I thought Tulane was a pretty solid lock there in second, but they just didn't have their day, and Texas A&M had their day. And also LSU, props to them for yes. finishing third. They were not supposed to finish in the top five, I believe. But, you know, again, they had a – they put together the pieces, you know? Like, that's, again, what it matters. I believe you said it was their first auto bid since 2000 for Texas a Yeah, the a last time A&M has made it as a team to the NCAA championships was 2000. You were not I, born – not, Probably ready. I was about to be born. You're about to be born. 23 years ago was the last time the women have made it to NCAA championships. I remember they've had individuals over the last mm -hmm. couple of years, but not as a team. So I think this is truly remarkable with that program just to be able to make that next step. I agree. And if you're looking at what they did, they went 9, 11, 14, 27, 29. So they had their entire top five within the top 30 there. So I think that's really impressive. And then again that's like that's what helps them get this this win like like Corey said earlier with the northeast you got a race and that's what they did all right Corey and brian what are y'all's thoughts on on these results i mean no no surprise that arkansas just dominates this region it's kind of been like that for a long long time uh you know arkansas just dominates the regionals like they're they're a powerhouse and it's normally them and and texas obviously texas having a bit of a down year this year on the women's side but Ar arkansas is just always up there. And Sydney Thurvalson, uh, yes. taking the, uh, yeah. I did a workout Wednesday with her back, I don't know, this must be three, four years ago now, when yep. she was in high school, senior high school. And uh, so that's really cool to see. And then, you know, them going one, two is, is big. Um, personally, for me, the last two regions, I mean, Arkansas, I think they're good. I don't know if they'll be a top five team at nationals. Though. I think that, Interesting. you know, I'm just going to throw out some hot takes. Yeah. You know, why not? <laughs> so I, I do like them. I think it's awesome that they won. These two regions this year, I just don't know if the depth is, is yeah. there as far as, uh, you know, 
I think Arkansas Jesus. might field maybe a, a slightly different roster at, at Nationals. But as Brian said, what this shows actually uh, is kind of how successful Arkansas has been recruiting over the last several years. I mean, we're just coming off National Signing Day. Sidney Bovalson was one of the best distance recruits back in, I think, 2021. Mia Cochran out of Pennsylvania, Mary Daly out of Florida. I mean, recruiting matters, especially when you when you get into these uh, situations, um, how these, these athletes fare. So I think it's making a difference, you know, two, three years down the line for yeah. a team like Arkansas. And just, I know Corey just mentioned like the top, you know, recruits going that are at Arkansas right now, they didn't run Peyton Noe, who has been no. leading Which makes sense because, program. you know, they're, she's their, she's a freshman, so maybe you want to give her some more rest, rest going into yeah. her first national meet, and obviously she's been a stud for them. So, I mean, they didn't need her at all. If you're exactly. Obviously looking at the results. So, yeah, so probably going to have a different squad yes. at nationals, but pretty dominant for them. All right, let's go to the east side of the south uh, region here. We're going to go to the southeast region, South Carolina. Um, number one, not a surprise here, NC State grabbing that title, second best team in the nation right now with 52 points. Furman here sliding into number two with 82 points, and then you have Virginia finishing third, and then Wake Forest fourth, which was crazy. It was interesting, yeah. So if you're looking at the Southeast, obviously no surprise with NC State. And same for Furman. You know, they were projected to get that auto qualifier in second there, and, you know, they took care of business. Like, Furman is one of those schools where, you know, year after year for, you know, many years, probably the past, like, eight years or so, they've been able to put together just consistent teams that are going to be contending for those spots in Nationals, whether as a team or, you know, some individuals as well. And so no surprise to see them there doing that. And, you know, NC State, they also didn't run, you know, some of their top people. They didn't run Kelsey Camille. They didn't yeah. run Leah Stevens. And um, they only had six runners finish as well. So they, um, you know, even despite that, they still win pretty easily by 30 points over Fort Furman. So no surprise there, really. Are we surprised by Virginia dropping down a third? No, I'm not. Because I think, again, I think Furman's one of those teams where I, I feel like they were kind of evenly matched, Furman and Virginia. Like, okay. um I think, yeah, now that you mentioned it, I think Virginia was maybe projected to finish uh, second in this region with Furman right behind them. But I, I don't think this flip-flop is, like, super, super surprising, again, because I feel like those are teams that are pretty deep. Okay. Mm -hmm. Brian and Corey, to the clipboard. Or clipboard. Whiteboard. <laughs> <laughs> to the whiteboard. What are y'all's thoughts? Thing, one thing I was just talking about with Corey is that, you know, we're seeing a lot of these teams that are sitting some of their top runners. Yeah. And... It's, it's really smart. I mean, obviously, yeah. like you sit your top runner at the region meet because especially with the NAUs, the, the NC States, the, even the BYUs, the teams that have won or finished top three or four in some of those big meets early on in the season, they're going to have enough points probably to get in, even if they were on their worst day to yeah. finish in that third, fourth, fifth position at their region meet. Because some team would, you know what I mean, it would somehow come out in the wash where they get pushed in. So a, a very smart move by all these top teams to sit runners um, and obviously, you know, Caitlin Tui is doing her thing, being Caitlin Tui. Yeah. She is a GOAT. So. And they could do that without Kelsey Camille. I, I want to reiterate your point on Furman and uh, Rita Gary's squad. If you look at their one through four runners, uh, spread of maybe nine seconds between yeah. those four. Yes, uh, that's what helped them. Talk about, talk about race strategy. Talk yeah, about yeah. execution on the day. Teams that come into here are a little unsure of what to to do, I mean, not Furman. Furman's locked in on point, and there's a reason for that because they've been here before. I mean, mm -hmm. 13th place, 
2008, and then 17th place 2017. That's yeah, a gap of 18 or eight seconds or so, or nine seconds. That's that's huge. That's a good smart pack running right there, especially if you know you don't have somebody out there that's getting those real low points. You got to run as a group and, and stay together and, and push each other as much as you can, as far as you can. Yeah, again, talking about that depth and mm -hmm. that pack running really is essential, especially as you're trying to qualify for these regional, um, moving out of the regional championships to the NCAA championships next week. We got two more regions, and then we're going to talk about the, the ones that are at large uh, programs that we think are going to make it to the NCAA championships. From the South, they took care of business in Gainesville, Florida. Coming in at number one was Tennessee. And just putting all their top four runners in the top 12, which was super spectacular for them. Florida will then settle for second in this region. Third and fourth was Ole Miss and Alabama. So, Ashley, what are your thoughts on this region? And I think we also should mention, too, fifth is Lipscomb. They're also ranked, um, you know, currently. Yeah, among dropping the top, all the way, fifth. Along, among the top 20 teams in the country. You know, this was an interesting race, I feel like. Like, Obviously, if you look at the times, I think Parker Valby ran 17.59. Obviously, this was not a – it's listed as a 6K, but this was most likely a little bit short. But, I mean, again, if you watch that race, I watched it this morning. I mean, she took care of business. It was the typical Parker Valby. She went out hard. She, you know, no surprises there. Yeah. Um, I think the surprise here maybe is a little bit on the flip-flop between Tennessee and Florida. You know, Florida won that SEC title, and – um, you know, Tennessee didn't. And so seeing that flip-flop is a little interesting. And then, um, you know, seeing Alabama a little bit slip back to four surprised me as well because they have, you know, two really good low sticks. And so I was a little bit surprised to see that. Yeah. Brian Corey, what are your thoughts on the South region? I did kind of want to mention Parker Bobby's race because yeah. last year at Nationals, we saw that just outrageous race plan where she goes out, uh, doesn't care about where anybody's at. Um, develops a huge lead and all you know almost got it but caitlin catches her at the very end here she's up by 12 seconds uh through uh 4500 meters and then you know those alabama women cut the gap in the last 1500 meters so you know you do have to sort of see that is is that like how are you going to go into nationals at the same race plan as last year uh is that going to work or do you kind of have to tinker with it a little bit and and, and maybe offer something differently because today it was kind of similar in, from last year. That is a good question. I think when I watched the race, though, I thought Parker looked super relaxed even at the end because the, the camera kind of stood on her for a second as she finished. And she didn't look too out of breath. But I think you make a good point, though, because those women were, were coming after her. If right. that race was maybe a half a K, a K more, or they maybe turned on the Jets a little earlier, we could have seen a bit of a, a push there. And we maybe could have seen push Parker Valby pushed right. a little bit more to her limits. And I think it would have been interesting because um, the Alabama women also seem very calm and confident. Like, I guess it just depends. Yeah, that, that rate, race technique, how are you going to perfect that? And in a race like this, it seems like she was able to do it and sustain that drive. But, you know, obviously when you get Caitlin too and some of the other top athletes in the mix, right. again, like last year, what do you, what do you come yeah. down to? Yeah, I know that was a question I had. We talked about that after Nuttycomb because, you know, she did the same thing at Nuttycomb like she did at Nationals last year. However, this time it, it actually worked, and Caitlin too, he couldn't, couldn't hang with her the entire time. So... I feel like we've it's, we're in a situation now where we've seen the strategy obviously not work last year at NCAA's work on, at Nuttycomb kind of work here maybe 
maybe not fully because they were kind of catching up to her at the end, but will she do the same at Nationals? I think that's a great question. Yeah, I think, yeah, that was definitely a conversation we had about just Parker Valby. What is the race strategy that she's going to pull out of the hat come NCAA championships? But right now she's pretty much been playing by the Parker Valby rulebook of we're going out hard and we're, hey, we're holding on and we want you to get One more question. Uh, the YouTube chat wants to ask, how is K2E running? How is K2E running? I mean, she she ran well today, I guess. Pretty calm and collected. <laughs> yeah. I don't know if they're asking about today or in the future, but yeah. Open-ended question. Open-ended Open question. question? Yeah. I, mean, I think she's still obviously one of the top dogs. Yeah, I agree. Mm -hmm. All right, final, final region, the West region. I feel like it was very dramatic here in the office as we're like watching the live results and it's just moving all the way through. In Sacramento, California, Stanford women handled their business. Oregon coming in second there, right behind them. Washington was third, and CBU was fourth. I'm not surprised too much here. I feel like Oregon and Washington, have, in my eyes, are kind of like even to, to a certain standpoint. I, I expected Stanford to kind of do what they needed to do, grab that first spot there, Oregon second, grabbing those two bids. Uh, but Ashley, what are your thoughts on the West region? Well, I do feel like this is still surprising, you know, a little bit seeing Stanford win because they just lost to Washington at Pac-12s. And that was, you know, obviously an upset in its own right when that happened at Pac-12s. But, you know, they were, thats I'm sure that was in their mind coming into this race. Like they lost the meet that they probably should have won at Pac-12s. And so they're like, we can't let this happen again. So they come in, they're dominant. In this region, they post just 77 points there, um, and then shoot, even Oregon slides ahead of Washington to on you know on the day today at regionals. So again, anything can happen. I think that just kind of shows, and you know Stanford's back in the win column, so I think that's a great thing for them. And you know Oregon too, you know they weren't projected to finish second really. They've still had a pretty solid season for the women, but um, you know they locked in their spot. All right, gentlemen, thoughts on the final region on the ladies' side. Last race, best race. <laughs> it was wild. I think uh, this is, again, another region I think was uh, historically, for sure, and obviously this year had just some really, really good teams in there. And, uh, you know, Washington when it packed 12s was, was huge. And, uh, you know, maybe might help them out uh, when we go on to um, the at-large pits. Uh, you know what I'm saying? You know what I'm saying? I know what you're saying. You know what I'm saying? Sorry. <laughs> All right, sounds wonderful. Let's now dive into who we project to be the at-large bids. Just to kind of recap, Notre Dame, Wisconsin are in. Georgetown, Penn State are in. Oklahoma State and Iowa State are in. NAU, BYU are in. Syracuse, Boston College, Arkansas, Texas A&M, NC State, Furman, Tennessee, Florida, Stanford and Oregon. So I'm going to pass it off to Ashley, who is the Colas calculator expert on the team. Who do you have as the at-large bids here? All right, I think we should go first. So not every region is going to have an at-large berth, but I think let's go maybe at the top and then go down as we can. Okay. Um, starting with the regions and then just going down with like the at-large. So beginning first with the Great Lakes, as you mentioned, you have Notre Dame, Wisconsin, getting those at-large bids there. But Michigan State still has enough wins to get in here. You know, they they won Big Tens. They've had some high-profile wins, um, you know, throughout the season. And so they're going to get in here. Project We project they'll get in here with that um, 
you know, with that spot. However, that'll be it for the region. Michigan will not will not get in. Okay. Uh, Mid-Atlantic, anyone here? Like we mentioned earlier, you know, Georgetown was the only ranked team in this region, and then Penn State took care of business. So, um, you know, that kind of locks in those spots there for that region. I have no projections for any at-large bursts out of this region. All right. How about Midwest? Kind of like same thing, like as we said <laughs> earlier, same with the Mid-Atlantic. Okay, say Iowa State powerhouses, we're done. That's what that. Those are the auto cues there. All right. How about the Mountain Region? I feel well, like there was a lot of ranked teams going in, and there, there was a lot that happened. A lot the, of ha okay. The, what happened the here? Mountain region. So obviously <laughs> NIU, BYU get those auto cues, but the depth of the Mountain Region is just you know spectacular, obviously, and so you have Utah in there. They they took third overall. They have enough wins from throughout the season to get in. Same with Colorado, right? They performed really well, um, I believe, at Nutty Comet was, and so they're going to get those wins. However, now as we get toward five and six, this is where things get a little interesting. You know, Utah Valley wasn't able to travel to some of those more high-profile meets and get those wins against those top teams. However, they still had, I believe I calculated, it was either two or three wins that they had. Colorado State, however, though, has a good amount of wins. So they go in and they push Utah Valley in. That's kind of that situation where, um, say there's a team in front of another team that has enough wins to get in, they then push that team in with them. Um, so out of the mountain region, you're gonna have a whopping six teams. Six teams from yes. the mountain region. That's incredible to think about. It's just huge. Northeast region, as we mentioned, Syracuse and Boston College are in. What are your thoughts on the next finishes here. Well, as we talked about, this was kind of a crazy, <laughs> crazy <laughs> regional here. Syracuse, Boston College get the auto cues. However, this is also another situation where we're going to have a push, right? Providence probably didn't have enough. They were kind of on the borderline there of the enough wins to get in. They probably needed to get um, second to really solidify their spot here. However, Harvard does have enough wins and they're going to push them through. All right. So Providence and Harvard are now going to potentially make it into the NCAA championships from the northeast section. South Central, I know the, like the southern regions get a little iffy. Do we see anybody coming from that South Central? Because you had Arkansas, Texas A&M, LSU, and Tulane. No, from what I've got, it's going to be Arkansas and Texas A&M. Again, it was kind of a Tulane, if they were, Tulane was you know, projected to probably get in that top two. However, now that they slide all the way back to fourth, don't have enough wins to get in. And so it looks like it's going to be most likely Arkansas and Texas A&M. All right, how about the Southeast region? You had NC State, Furman, Virginia, and Wake Forest were your top four finishers. Again, nothing really surprising here. You know, NC State, you know, obviously gets in. And, you know, as you mentioned, Furman and Virginia kind of flip-flop in where they're supposed to be, but Virginia has done really well at, you know, pre-Nats and um, the Virginia Invitational and ACCs. And so they're going to get those wins there, and that'll be enough to push them through. All right, final region, the South. You had Tennessee and Florida. Two more regions. Oh, excuse me. No? Oh, yes, you're right. My bad. Sorry. My notes. All right. Tennessee and Florida, you're 1-2. You also had Ole Miss, Alabama, and Lipscomb, as you also mentioned, uh, was fifth there. Now, this is kind of an interesting region, right? Like, so, obviously, Tennessee and Florida are the favorites here, but you, Ole Miss, Alabama, and Lipscomb kind of had this, they were kind of in the same general region in terms of wins. However, Lipscomb, I believe, had six wins underneath their belts, and so you have a situation here um, we are kind of having them push Alabama forward, right? So Mississippi has enough wins to get in, and then Lipscomb, there's Alabama in between. All five of those teams are most likely going to get in. You know, they've proven it throughout the season. 
Um, I think what kind of hurt Alabama a little bit is they, I believe they didn't run at Nuttycomb or I believe pre-Nats too. And so they didn't get as many of those wins there, but mm -hmm. Lipscomb gets them through. All right. Final region, as Ashley corrected me, the West region. You had Stanford, Oregon already solidifying their spots to the NCAA championships, but you also have the eighth best team in the country right now, Washington, and then CBU, which has been on the rise coming in at 21st. Well, all four of them will get in. Woo! That's all I have to say. All righty. So, because, you know, again, Washington, um, high profile wins, you know, at Pac 12s. They win Pac 12s, and they, so they beat Stanford and Oregon, have some wins there. And then CBU has done really, they did really well at Nuttycomb. Awesome. So, they, that's pretty solid there. And um, those are our projections. And, should we bring in, I think our- We should bring in the gentlemen. They've been hard at work writing. <laughs> hard at work, work writing. I'm like, does Corey, <laughs> Corey, Corey did this lovely, I don't know if you guys can see it. Let's pull this board. Yes, yes, here we go. The board. Here's the board. Tilt this. Hey, you know, you know what camera. this does, this offers? It offers uh, basically what you just said, plus on the whiteboard. Yes. yes. All right, so Middle here is game. like our vision <laughs> right now for NCAA championships 2023 in Virginia. I think this is going to be an exciting race. Any surprises by you guys? By any pushes well, or anything? I was going to ask the same question to you ladies. I think the big thing for me is, I, you know, obviously we talk about this mountain region being super deep Utah Valley. Um, I think one of the big things is to help them when you're, you're looking at it is uh, right here. Your A&M Aggies, Olivia, they had that win over them at the uh, invitation you guys went to. How do you say that? Arturio Barris. Arturio yes. Barris. Yeah. Invitational there. So I think that really helps them getting a, a win there in Another kind of a, a, a meet in a weekend when we thought, you know, there's there's the two big, huge meets going on. But then when this team gets that is there and they beat them, you know, yeah. that, that helps, I think, with points for sure from one of the things that I first popped into my head. Right. Yeah, and also and Utah Valley, they win. they beat CBU yep. as well at uh, their conference meets. That was also a big thing. Yeah, I was going to say about CBU, uh, last year, first time the women got into the NCAA championship, and they were kind of on basically the fringes, uh, and they were able to get bumped in last year. So this is the second straight year that CBU's women's team gets in, which is kind of a, a market sort of change with that program, and they're trying to build um, kind of a culture there. I think this speaks a lot to what they're doing uh, at, at California Baptist. Yeah. Great things happening over there at that program. That pretty much wraps up the women's side. Does anybody have any last-minute thoughts before we dive into the men? The men was interesting race as well across the board. I feel like we got to spend even more time with the men. I know. Because it was, like, even more surprising. Like, the women's, I feel like it wasn't as surprising, except for some notable, like, Texas A&M and Boston College. But I Boston think the College, I was just going to say, I think that was a big one, too. It was kind of yeah. kind of not ranked, finishing second. That throws Providence and Harvard into the mix, even though they were, you know, kind of up there in the conversation at one point throughout the, point throughout the season. Um, you know, they, they end up snagging four. Yeah four teams from that region, which is pretty crazy. And, then, and just to reiterate, I know you've said it multiple times already, but these are just projections. These are not the final decisions uh, that we have to wait for those on Saturday. So just our projections at this point. Yes, kicking Correct. off uh, tomorrow, Saturday, November 11th, we'll have the official, official, official uh, list of teams that will be heading to NCAA championships next week. All right, let's switch gears. Gentlemen, Corey, get your pen out and eraser out as we dive into the Great Lakes region on the men's side. Number one was Butler. 
grabbing that victory there. Number two was Wisconsin. Then you also had Michigan in the mix coming in third. And then Notre Dame was fourth. So, Ashley, any surprises here? Uh, yes. Yes. Okay. So, <laughs> uh, yes. Yeah, okay. Wisconsin, what is going on here? That's what I want to know because <laughs> – Okay, so they're running, you know, a pretty solid, they're, you know, their full squad here, it seems. And, um, you know, Butler kind of just not destroyed them, but beat them pretty handily. I mean, they beat them by 27 points. I think at this point, it's safe to say that Butler may be the most underrated team in the entire country. Um, they went 4, 5, 9, 10, and 15. So their entire top five and the top 15 which was what carried them to the win here. Again, that spread was so small. And then if you're looking at Wisconsin, obviously they had Bob Liking and Jackson Sharp. They go one, two there. But even, you know, despite taking the top two places in the race, they, they still finished second. They went one, two, six, 25, 36. So get me on that Butler train. I'm like, I'm all in now based off of this. They, um, you know, they kind of shocked some people, I think, when they won the Big East title. And I think they need to be in this conversation now. They're a top 10 team. I have very similar thoughts. Because <laughs> yeah. I was like, Wisconsin, what's going on? Butler just, and that's the thing. Butler took advantage of that. And yeah. they just, they put the, the race and the team together to do so. And I know you mentioned the spread. Just absolutely remarkable. Got their top five runners in the top 15. Yep. Goodness. And I also think we should, too, um, you know, I don't think, so Notre Dame falls to fourth, right? They were yes. probably the third best team in this region. Um, you know, they won just, they lost narrowly to Michigan. So Michigan sneaks up there and grabs that third spot. Um, also want to take a shout out to, I think the guy that helped Michigan get that third spot, Tom Brady of Michigan. Tom we, Brady. We know there used to be a, a pretty famous Tom Brady come out of Michigan, but now we have a pretty famous cross country runner coming out of Michigan there. So, um, so yeah, those are my thoughts. All right. Brian and Corey, what are your thoughts on this region? A uh, little fun fact for you. Butler's men, that's their first time getting a regional victory in program history. So, wow. Oh, wow. Congratulations, yeah. Butler. You know, I think they definitely took that jump after the Big East win. They up, uh, beat Villanova, who was ranked, and, uh, and really put themselves on the map after that one. I remember watching that live on our site and just being like, wow, Butler, that's... Good for them. Yeah, I'm actually not that surprised at Butler's success because if we look back to previous iterations uh, of NCAAs, Butler's name has been there before. They've sure. been a program that's kind of been on the rise. So um, winning regions a different step altogether, but this isn't new for Butler. Uh, I do want to say, though, Florian Lapellic is a transfer from CBU, come, came right into the program, basically has uh, major success. So he was a, a ready-made kind of uh, athlete who could perform at a high level. So that is a great get for them. And he's obviously uh, doing some special things. Perfect, thank you for that. Let's move on to Mid-Atlantic in Pennsylvania. Uh, great state there, I know. Fun fact, that's where Corey and our producer Amanda are from. So I know they're rooting for you know, the likes of the, the teams in Pennsylvania. The Mid-Atlantic region, number one, coming across the finish line first was Princeton. Second place was Villanova. Third was Georgetown. And fourth was Penn State. Ashley, what are our takeaways from the Mid-Atlantic region? Um, you know, similar similar to the men, or to the women, excuse me. 
Um, not like too surprising, you know. I think Villanova was favored to go into this, but I don't believe they ran one of their top guys, and so they, you know, maybe they're just resting them. They're, you yeah. know, they knew they were solidly probably in that top two there, so they get second. And you know, Princeton's looked really good all season. You know, them and Harvard have been right up there um, in those Ivy Leagues, and um, so really not surprised to see them get the win here. They go four, six, eight, eleven, twelve. Pretty impressive there. Um, to take this win. And then, again, not surprised to see the two teammates from Villanova, Liam Murphy and Hoftu Strinsos, go 1-2 go here um, to help Villanova get that second place. Fantastic. All right, gentlemen with the whiteboard. <laughs> I feel like Thoughts. you want to start calling them something besides I know. the whiteboard. <laughs> yeah. Liam Murphy is on fire. He won, obviously, that Big East title as well, uh, I believe, if I'm remembering correctly, and then also wins this. That's two titles in a row, uh, looking, obviously, to, to do well at Nationals now. And actually, you, you did say the, the rosters could look a little different at Nationals and you kind of, you know, coming into this, um, looking at it a specific way. But the last time Princeton and Villanova faced each other was at Nuttycomb and Villanova got the better of Princeton. So I do think coming back here in the regionals um, was a great moment for them, largely upperclassmen are running for that squad. And I want to sidebar with the special little, uh, you know, uh, statement is Connor Nisbet, uh, eighth for Princeton, formerly a Miles Split intern back in like 2019, <laughs> like three days with us. So I'm glad to see that he's really uh, tearing it up here for Princeton. Awesome. Shout Fan. out to Connor. Shout out to Connor. Awesome. Let's take it over to the Midwest region in Stillwater, Oklahoma. Kind of similar. I feel like on to the women's side, there are just honestly no surprises. We're going to dive into it though. Oklahoma State grabbing that victory with 19 points. Iowa State was second with 56 points. Tulsa was third and Loyola, gosh, that was hard for me to say right there, finishing fourth. But Ashley, any surprises on your end? No, no. This is exactly what I yes. expected. You know, I assumed Oklahoma State would dominate. Yep. That's exactly what they did. Again, 19 points, basically almost perfect scored this. They went one, two, three, five, and eight. If you watch the race, I mean, they're just communicating with each other the entire time. It was pretty easy going for them. They took care of business. Like, that was their plan. They were led by Dennis, Dennis Kippengedich, and he gets that. He's, you know, he's been one of their star freshmen this year, and he gets the win there, 29-39 for 10K. Um, and then again, Iowa State was by far the next best team in this region. Um, no surprises there. They both kind of destroyed the competition. All right. Corey and Brian. Thoughts? I mean, I, listen, I think the biggest question uh, going into NCAAs on the men's side is, you know, is anyone going to take NAU down? You know, it, it might be BYU, BYU strong, but Oklahoma State is number two right now. And they, as you said, almost perfect scored regionals. Um, what does this sort of make a statement? Is, is this what we're going to see at nationals? Do they have enough? Um, really impressive, I think. So my question from this point is like, is this a sign of something to come next week? It could be. I feel like by the the pure dominance that Oklahoma State just put down, it really, um, I think it also not only boosts their confidence going into NCAAs, but it showcases the talent that they have, especially with being led by the, the two-star freshmen right now, and Alex Mayer was in the mix too. So I think this is a great place where Oklahoma State is, but I still feel like NAU is probably well, I don't know. Looking I think very this, dominant. this is honestly, in my mind, changes things a little bit because we really haven't seen Oklahoma State run 
at full strength all season. Yeah. They have like barely that, that's raced. That's by design, Ashley. That was by design. Which yeah, I know. Is that's that's, that's what the... I. Yeah, that was what I was going to say. Like that's by design, and so I think now we're finally seeing everyone. You're seeing it visually, and so now you see. Oh, okay, this makes sense. So I think <laughs> now it's like you get that you know the the check mark. Like all right, they raced everyone, which is we figured they would at regionals, and so now they're going to nationals, and they're pretty good. So your projections are changing right now? <laughs> no, no. No, they're not projecting. That was my point. I, just to get a I, word in. I don't want to talk over everybody, because I think that's 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 too much. Uh, I'm going to play devil's advocate here, though, and say, you know, obviously Oklahoma State's a great team, fantastic. Maybe they've, you know, moved around their lineup a little bit. How much does home course advantage play into account True. here yeah. uh, with them yeah. taking those 19 points? Because obviously you can train on that course all day. We were watching, we were watching the racing going, uh, Ashton and I, we literally turned around and we're like, those hills, holy cow. And obviously Nationals was there, like, what was it, last yeah. year, I believe, two years oh, ago yeah. in history. So, like, yeah. you know, they, they have a little bit of a home field advantage, I think, as far as taking 19 yeah. points. And obviously it was a dominant showing, taking nothing away from them. But uh, I think home course advantage, especially on a course like that, where those right. hills look to be just beating the crap out of everybody else, uh, frankly, you know, helps with their, with their low scoring um, there. Yeah. That's all I had. I just had to get it in. Thank you for the for the nugget of information. <laughs> course is huge. I think when you have that opportunity to, to race it every single day and know where you're gonna feel like crap, where you can surge, where you need to put in this, put in that, having that insight into the into the course and the knowledge to know to do those things, it plays just a huge, huge advantage. Mm-hmm. Totally agreed. Yep. Mm-hmm. And I, well, I do think that plays well for them though. Like when you go to Panorama Farms, because Panorama Farms isn't you know pancake flat. There's definitely some hills, so maybe oh yeah, help them go most definitely. All right, next region is Mountain. Again, Lubbock, Texas here. There were five teams that were ranked in this region, and that just made it all even more spicy. Number one, NAU, best team in the nation right now, followed by BYU, which is the third best team. New Mexico was third. Air Force was fourth, but I'm going to keep going down. Montana State and Colorado were also in this region as well. How do we feel about NAU? Because I know we just talked about Oklahoma State. What are our thoughts on NAU's performance? Well, NAU basically ran, I mean, they ran Nico Young. They ran Drew Bosley. I don't think, if you look at the results, they definitely were running right there all together. Like, there was no push, really, I think, to, like, we have to get this win, like, drop the hammer. Um, And so, again, not surprising. And BYU, not surprising there, seeing them in second. Again, they're... You know they're running pretty strong it's i think at this point it's safe to say that like casey Klinger is not going to be running most likely this season i think we all season we've been wondering if he's actually gonna run um didn't hear uh, but if you look at their spread i think that's the most impressive part about byu even even though they didn't put anyone within the top 10 they would go 12 16 17 and 18. Mm-hmm. um however you know you're not going to be nau when you're doing that because they go two five seven and eight for their top four. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think the, the most telling thing about this region is, again, like the women's, like this region's loaded. Like you have yeah. so many good teams and there are a few shakeups. And I think because of that, not to spoil anything, we may see a lot of teams come out of this region in that large. I know, that's why I kind of was like, we have a lot of teams that are ranked in this region and have all been running say, very well a- this a- year. AKA to uh, shout out to Montana State for running pretty well for themselves today. <laughs> awesome. All right, Corey and Brian, what are your thoughts? Any takeaways? Yeah, I, I think you guys pretty much covered it. I mean, it, it, this is a region that is uh, very well versed already when we're talking about the likes of NAU and BYU. Um, New Mexico, 
brings a lot to the table. I'm really interested uh, by how they performed at Regions. I thought they, they looked really good. So um, we'll get to at larges later. But yeah, as you said, Ashley, I think we're going to see a couple, a, a wide lot of these teams, uh, you know, move on. Brian, it's <laughs> <laughs> like Corey got it all. <laughs> Glad we're all on the same page here. All right, let's move on to the Northeast region. Took place at Van Cortland Park in New York, right outside New York City. Goodness gracious, number one, Iona. Doing, Iona. Iona. Iona, thank you. Iona doing amazing things, winning that title, winning and just paving the way for that region. Number two was Harvard, Syracuse was third, and Providence was fourth. Goodness gracious, what has been with the Northeast region today? I mean, it happened on the women's side. We saw a lot of shuffling, and the yeah. same freaking thing happens with the men. I mean, kudos to Iona. They've had a very stellar season. They come in and they grab you know, the top spot here, but I will say they definitely weren't projected to finish in the top two. I believe oh, yeah. they were like the third ranked team in this region, and it would have been hard for them, I, th I think, to get in if they hadn't have been in that top two. So they get that win there. They go 2, 3, 10, 11, and 14. I mean, gosh, they put their top five in the top 15 um, and three their top three within the top 10. So Iona, kudos to you. You you really, I think you were one of like my most surprising teams for the day, and kudos to you. Yeah, I was really shocked by this. When I saw I mean, it, I, I guess was like... I wasn't like completely shocked, but like at the same time, it definitely is surprising, right? But, um, you like know, you're taking down the teams like Harvard and Syracuse. Yes, but they were, I, I will say Iona was ranked, you know, they were ranked right. 27th in the country, but I think I'm more surprised, I guess, that, I think I'm more surprised that Syracuse finished third rather than that Iona won, if that makes sense. It does make sense. Yeah, I mean, they, I feel like based on what we've seen for them at Nutty Comb, they ran really well at Nutty Comb, they finished second at ACC's, um, I think I expected, I guess, maybe a little bit more from them, but um, you know, they take third here, 4, 12, 17, 23, and 41. I think that's mm -hmm. kind of where they dropped off is um, yeah. they only finished six runners, and their fifth runner was 41st. Yeah. It was kind of on that back end of things. Gentlemen, what are your thoughts from from the Northeast region? Initial thoughts, uh, you know, as you guys were talking about it, uh, did Syracuse, and I'm not as well versed with this region results and everything, and Syracuse team, did they sit somebody? Is there somebody missing from this lineup maybe that is the same kind of thing I was talking about earlier where it's like, you know, you said they had wins in other other ranked programs. Maybe they sat somebody knowing, hey, it doesn't matter who beats us. We're still going to finish in the top three or four on the best or worst day. Yeah, we get pushed I, can, in. I can look at that while y'all are talking. But I will say they only finished six people, so maybe someone dropped. Maybe somebody dropped out. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah that, could that would be my yeah. guess. And I think uh, another thing to add here, Iona, obviously, this team, uh, you know, I think beat expectations based on the coaches poll and everything. But historically, I know Iona has been a team that's been to the to the big dance or to the big uh, to the big meet. We'll call it. Hey, big dance. Big dance. The big the big uh, the big the big kahuna. The big show. Um, <laughs> they're no strangers to it. They've had uh, national success or national teams go before. Um, I just remember back when I was running, which is now back in my day. Uh, they would have teams that would do really well and make it every every year, every couple of years. You know, so they were they were in the mix. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it looks like. Looks like they were out maybe their top finisher from ACC, Paul O'Donnell. I'm not seeing him in the results here. So yeah, I'm not seeing him either. That probably played yeah. a factor. Yeah, so yeah. I mean, that, that plays some plays some effect like I was talking earlier because obviously the guy drops. Yeah. And, but, hey, I mean, you, you've had better finishes throughout the year. That, that's where the point system, I think, really helps out some mm -hmm. teams to let you really 
sit your athletes and race your best athletes on the on the big day that matters the most. Mm -hmm. Yeah. However, I will say they kind of put it, they, they cut a little close. They cut it, yeah, they a little close there. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's take it over now to the South Central region. This was in Fayetteville, Arkansas. Uh, on the men's side, Texas just edging out. Arkansas 34 points to 52 points. Then you had Tulane finishing third, and then Arkansas State uh, grabbing that fourth spot in this region? Uh, I guess the only really surprising thing is the flip-flop between Texas and Arkansas, because I feel like Arkansas was a pretty solid favorite going here. I mean, um, I mean, then you have Texas come in and grab the win, but um, they're both two of the top-ranked teams in the country, so it's really not like super surprising. Yeah. Um, overall, that's really the only surprise here is the fact that they flip-flopped, but I mean, Texas put it together on the day. I'm trying to pull up the, the detailed scores here. I mean, they went 3, 4, 5, 9, thir and 13. Um, and it looks like their their spread between, you know, their top three was about 30 seconds. So that's pretty solid. Um, so I think that's really kind of what propelled them forward today. Yeah. I think they're pretty much, in my eyes, they're even. It was just like, which program has the better day? I'm not too concerned with Texas grabbing the victory over Arkansas. Uh, especially today in the South Central region, but you know. But I will say, I mean, Arkansas did go one-two. That Patrick Kiprop and Karamiego, they both went one-two, but Texas still grabs the win. Yeah, exactly. All right, Brian and Corey, South yeah, Central I think, thoughts. I think mostly this region played true to form uh, and kind of what we expected uh, with Texas and Arkansas being the top two teams, whether mm -hmm. they switch roles or not at one two i think that makes a little difference for them they just want to book their ticket to ncaa's and they did just that i will ask a question though ashley our uh okay. our track miles but intern max bradley asked earlier arkansas state i think he was looking at, i think he was looking at the wrong year results i can tell you now arkansas state is not getting in oh i think uh, another thing to note here is throughout the season the coaches poll has had Texas ranked ahead of Arkansas throughout the majority of the year. The, the most recent edition of the poll, Arkansas was ranked higher than Texas, but throughout the season, they've kind of been either very close or flip-flopped yeah. throughout the season. But this obviously, uh, you know, so Arkansas currently seventh and, and Texas ninth. So to me, it's just like, it's always been Texas or Arkansas. Ever since I've been, you know, working here and doing this, it's been uh, Texas and Arkansas. I want to see a team that can come along and beat them. That's why it was cool, on, the, on to be honest, on the women's side, to have AM actually get in the mix for once and another team, yeah. and possibly we thought Tulane was going to make it uh, on the women's side also. So, but like, uh, yeah, it, it just, it's been the Texas and Arkansas show. I don't know. Another, we, we need to divide this region up a little differently. Like, hey, Brian, you know, another day. Not going to happen this year. What? <laughs> it's not going to happen this year. I know. Year it's, it's just, it's the same, it's the yeah. same thing. Wait, I mean, yeah. hats off to them. They're clearly the two best teams. And obviously, we know Arkansas is one of the best teams in, in the region. They've proved it nationally many years right. and many times. But, um, it's just always interesting to see that these two teams are always the ones, and it seems like nobody else can touch them in, in yeah. this region, year in and year out. Yes. So unlike, oh, sorry, go ahead, Brian. Did you have another? Instead of covering this on the women's side, it was it was AM. Yeah. So. Yeah. All right. Unlike the South Central region, there was a lot of things popping off in the Southeast region. Yes. <laughs> so yes. much to unpack here. All right. Let's take a closer look at this region. Goodness gracious. All right. North Carolina, number one. Eastern Kentucky, number two. 
NC State's going to drop to three. Wake Forest, four. I'm going to keep going. Five was Virginia, but Furman was eighth. Yeah. That was what, what was going on? I, I'm really not sure, you know. I just don't think they put together the race that they were hoping for. If you're looking at this, I think their, their key guy here, that's Cameron Ponder, it looks like he, he barely, I mean, he barely finished. I think he finished last. Um, so I yeah. think maybe something was going on there, and I feel like that was that's definitely a huge impact there. Because, I mean, she, Dylan Schubert won the race for Furman, but, um, you know, again, Furman was one of those teams that was projected to probably get in, and unfortunately... Um, they finish eighth year, so they won't. They will not advance. However, let's talk about the rest of this field because yes. again, a lot of movements. Um, you know, UNC kind of expected them to win after that ACC championships, and it seemed like they pretty much coasted to the finish. Um, you know, Parker Wolf takes second, and um, you know his teammates fall behind them all within just like a few seconds. So they they were probably definitely just coasting there. So they get UNC there. Um, for the win, Eastern Kentucky, I think, outperformed expectations as well. Um, you know, they went 8, 10, 11, 16, 27. And they, their spread between their 1 through 5 was about 35 seconds. So that's going to be the key there. But the biggest shocker from this region has to be NT State. And I'll explain this a little bit later when we talk a little bit more about their at-large they were not ranked. They, I believe they started the season ranked, but didn't perform very well in some of their early season and mid-season meets. But they get third here. Mm -hmm. um, ahead of Wake Forest, and Wake Forest is kind of one of those teams on the bubble. So that's going to play a factor later on in the uh, at-large selections. Yes, I was looking. I know we've been having conversations about athletes not running. One of the bigger names, Rocky Hansen. You know, I've been a... That was interesting. We're fans. Yes. Fans uh, of Rocky I think there were, there were some questions whether or not he was going to run. I believe they, his coach said he got a little maybe banged Redone. up at Nuttycomb. Yeah. Um, so he didn't run at ACC's, didn't run here. Um, kind of taking a gamble there to see if Wake Forest can still get in without him. And TBD. Oh, TBD. <laughs> Corey and Brian, what can we take away from the Southeast region? I'm going to go to Corey's story time right now for <laughs> oh, gosh. Carolina. <laughs> because North Carolina, circles, Brian. Uh, a really great story in 2023. Brian's hiding from story time. I don't know why. He's hiding. And last year, uh, they come into the season obviously as one of the better teams expected to perform. Uh, what people don't know is that two of the runners from their top five last year are not running. They're out because uh, they almost died uh, during the spring. Patrick Anderson and Will Coogan, they were in a car accident, uh, almost fatal one. Uh, and ever since that moment, um, they've kind of, this team has bound together in a way that's really, you know, made them stronger uh, emotionally and physically. And they're running for those two that can't be there this year. I mean, you look at this team, there's Parker Wolf and Ethan Strand, who are, who've been a great sources of, of success. But you also have um, Alex Phillip and Jake Gebhardt, who are graduate transfers, who have been phenomenal, Phillip especially. And then Colton Sands, who was a sophomore, finished fifth today. He's the kind of guy uh, that they need to perform at NCAAs. You know, they win ACCs because they have guys that step up. They win regions today because they have guys step up. And I know that they're running for Patrick Anderson and Will Coogan uh, this year. So it'll be interesting to see how they do at NCAAs because I think they're a really, really great story in 2023. 
I think it's also a testament to their, their recruiting. As you talked about earlier, they're recruiting because these are all guys I remember we talked about a mile split like two, three years ago. And now look what they're doing and look at what this class and crop of guys, uh, especially like Parker Wolf, uh, Alex Phillips, like all these guys, juniors and seniors that are just really coming in and now they blossom. Like when you can keep a crop of guys like that together from a few years ago and, and continue to get them ready for a high level championship style meets and and clearly what they got going is starting to work. Like yeah. it's starting to click. And I feel like that'll start to draw eyes and attention to bring in other recruits down the line. Alex Phillip was a D3 runner last year, champion, NCAA champion at Division Three level. He comes into North Carolina, has just as much success as he's had at, at the Division Three level. And Chris Biltenberg asked himself early on, like, where did you come from? Uh, because you, you are built differently. So he's been a really big surprise for them, but he's been performing. You know what, Corey? He got that dog in him. <laughs> <laughs> oh gosh! But yes, I think yes. <laughs> UNC is the the men. I think is one of the top stories of the year. If you want to read more about it, check out Corey's article on Flow Track, and <laughs> you can read more about you know how they persevered this season. But yeah, yeah. Our mm-hmm. thoughts and our prayers are going out for that team as well. All right, a couple more regions to go. The South Region is up next on the dock again. It took place in Gainesville, Florida. Tennessee grabbing the victory here, 21 uh, best team in the nation. Florida State sliding in the second. Alabama, you know, it, kind of in the mix as well. Didn't really – it's just interesting with Alabama right now. Yeah, Finishing we'll third, and then Ole Miss was fourth in this region. So, Ashley, yeah, any, are you surprised um, with Alabama? A little bit surprised. You know, I thought they would probably grab the one of the auto cues here. Unfortunately for them, that does not happen. And that we'll get to it, but it may impact whether or not they get into this meet. Yeah. Um, you know, again, Tennessee, um, not super surprising to at least see them in that, that top two there. Um, you know, I think that's pretty impressive that both the men and women sweep this race. Um, and then Florida State, I think that was another team that was a little bit surprising. Um, coming again, beating a team like Alabama, who has they have really two strong low sticks um, in Hillary Chariot and I believe it's Victor Kiproppin. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I think getting ahead, in ahead of Alabama in that way was pretty impressive. Yeah, I was really surprised with Alabama and especially just how you know you're you're going one two here to kind of lead the pack and. You know, you're, you're finishing your top five runners in the top 40, essentially. Just wasn't enough today to get the, the big old cue. Um, so, again, we're just going to have to wait and see if they're going to make it in. But I'm going to pass it off to Corey and Brian. Corey, thank you so much for writing all of this down. What are your <laughs> thoughts on the South region? Tennessee. Double wins. That's yeah, yeah. That's huge. I, I don't For me, that was a bit of a shocker. I mean, when I think uh, – you know, to be honest, like top program, like Tennessee winning, winning the regionals, both men and women, uh, 15th ranked ladies and 21st ranked, ranked men. That's that's impressive. I think this is one of the strongest regions out of the nine. I don't know, Ashley, if you agree here, but you look at the teams one through four here. Um, I think they've all had pretty good seasons. And this was a battle today between all four of them. So I don't know. What are your thoughts? Yeah, I mean, it is a strong region. However, I will say what it's going to end up being, I think, the demise of this region is the fact that, and I'm pulling this up right now, I mean, 
The Alabama men didn't compete at Nutty Comb, they didn't compete at Pre-Nats, they didn't compete at the UVA Invitational, so they didn't see a lot of these teams that have auto-qualified, so that way they can get wins over them, and so I think that's maybe where you're going to see maybe not as many at-larges as you, maybe one would think. That's what I'll you say. Don't, you don't get as many points if you don't get those opportunities hey, to go out and run is, against Is them. that a little Correct. bit of foreboding, Ashley? Are you, are you <laughs> planning like a, a device for later? I'm planting a bit of knowledge, so that way I can come back to that. And I'm alluding to something that I'm going to say down the line. Yeah, in like five, six minutes. <laughs> yeah. You know, uh, on the women's side that I forgot to mention, that I think I tried to mention, but we kind of moved on quick, was the spread of the athletes, too. This is another another team where they got the win because of how close their spread was. Even though on the women's side, Florida, Parker, Bellevue is so far in front, the Tennessee ladies were uh, 7, 10, 11, 12, and uh, 21st. So, and, and that was all within the span of, uh, what do we got, 10 seconds, uh, mostly. So, yeah. and the same the men's side, we also had another another pretty tight spread, top guy being third in the region. So, pretty uh, pretty good when you got when you got a tight spread like that. But I think that's also, you know, yeah. I don't know where I'm going with that. <laughs> oh my God. It helps. <laughs> It helps. Back to you. Back to you. <laughs> Back to us. All right. The final region on the dock competed in Sacramento, California. And again, we were in the office and we're just watching the live results and just the shuffling. There was so much that took place in this region. <sighs> grabbing, grabbing the title here. It was Stanford, 73 points. Gonzaga. 98 Portland and CBU tie with 125 points. Washington was fifth with 129. Boise State was sixth. Oregon seventh. Oh, goodness. It was a it was just so much was there going was on. Drama in the final <laughs> regional of the day. Again, we were in the office watching the live results shuffle and it was a little, a little crazy. It was to crazy. I think what we need to mention here is Gonzaga and Portland. Um, Gonzaga would not have qualified if they had not, most likely if they had not gotten that auto cue. Yeah. And they just come up big on the day. You know, yeah. they scored 98 points, I believe, and um, in what turned out to be a very entertaining <laughs> West <laughs> West Regional. Yeah. Um, and so that was key for them, and they they ran really well. And then again, again, same for Portland. I mean, they put it together, I believe, really over the last like couple miles or so to sneak up in there in third. Um, and that was impressive for them. And I think that's also, it's important to note too that CBU here gets fourth. Yeah, technically fourth, yes. Yeah. They get fourth. They tied with Portland. Tiebreaker goes to Portland. Um, so they get fourth year. However, CBU, they have a ton of wins. They have a ton of wins from yes. Medicombe and all that. And so, um, again, alluding to a little bit, but that may help some of these, that may help them and some of these other teams. Yeah, I know for me, I think the biggest uh, thing that stands out to me was Washington finishing fifth. And I know we're watching all the athletes and I know Tyrone Gorzy has been a very strong competitor uh, for this program and it just didn't fall on the right day today. I don't know if something happened out on the course, but it was just, there was a lot to unpack. So I want to pass it back to the guys, Corey and Brian, are you surprised by the by the results today from this region? Yeah, I think so. Uh, I mean, CBU uh, getting fourth, um, 
is, is in a way, it's kind of bittersweet because you would have liked to be a little bit higher in the standings, maybe lock in that bid at second or even win this region. But, you know, where they're standing now, uh, if you compare it to last year, they were in a similar position. Um, they were fifth last year in the West behind um, Oregon, Washington, and they got double blocked and didn't get in, basically the first team out. Now, in this situation, Ashley, I do know you'll talk about it a little later, but they've put themselves in a better spot. Um, but they were only four points ahead of Washington, who was in yeah. fifth, which is kind of crazy because last year, CBO, CBU was four, four points behind Oregon in fifth. So yeah. it's kind of an eerie similarity to, to 2022. It, we were, like like you said, eerily close to yet another double block, which yeah. is would, would have been crazy, too, because I, CBU has double-digit like points to their name, right? And so if they had gotten double-blocked yet again, I feel like it would have been even more dramatic this year. But thank goodness they, they put four <laughs> points ahead of Washington, so they get fourth. But, man, they, they cut it close. They, they cut, cut it close. close. I think the other thing, too, here is, and sorry, I was looking at the, the computer and some of the results and stuff, uh, unranked Gonzaga, like yeah. battling against some some of the top teams. You know, when you got CBU uh, ranked up there in the top five, Portland also in the ranking. You, you know, Gonzaga just kind of comes out not out of nowhere. They have a couple votes in the coaches' poll, but like kind of out of nowhere. You, you got twenty nine teams ranked in the coaches' poll, and Gonzaga is kind of off the back tail end. Yeah, as an honorable mention, big for them to to come away with second. Um, you know, surprised here that, that Oregon isn't kind of more in the mix. Um, that that one kind of kind of shocked. Oregon's had a very interesting yeah team like, showing this year. Yeah, I mean, we've I feel like we've talked about them a lot on this show. Just like <laughs> what's going on, and honestly, I'm not surprised they finished seventh. But going in, like Brian, kind of what Brian was alluding to, they definitely were on like that outside looking in. Like, hey, if they can get third. Maybe, maybe even fourth. But if you can get third, then you get in. But you know, they they finished seventh here, so they are they are out. Yeah, Brian, did you I mean, did you have any other thoughts? Sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt you. I mean, they had a, a fairly decent showing at Pac-12s, finishing third. So you'd think, yeah. you know, based on that, they made it into the coaches' poll rankings at twenty-six. But then, <laughs> it sounds like you guys have talked about before. It's like what happened at the the big meet where you're trying to actually make it to the big dance. Like it's. And the other thing too is like they they would have had to get like. They would have had to have been in a situation where either they got the auto queue or they got pushed in like by CB like Portland did because I they barely had any wins like they they barely raced against any of the top teams this year except for at Pac-12. So um, that would have been made things a little bit more interesting. Definitely if they had gotten up there in the mix. Absolutely. All right. Any last thoughts before we go through all I'm ready the top cues? We need the drama of the projected at margins all right i'm ready for it okay ashley let me do what i did before while i'll go through it and okay. then we'll we'll go by each region okay. all right who are officially in that we know for a fact will be towing the line in virginia next week butler in wisconsin princeton and villanova oklahoma state iowa state nau byu iona i don't know i don't know why my brain wants to say that <laughs> harvard Texas, Arkansas, North Carolina, Eastern Kentucky, Tennessee, Florida State, Stanford, and Gonzaga. I'm going to pass it over to Ashley, who's the queen at the COLA calculator. Let's break this down. Who are the potentials, the unofficial individual or teams that can make it into 
the state cha- uh, state championships, cross country championships next week. Let's start with Great Lakes. You had Butler, Wisconsin for sure. Then Michigan, Notre Dame. I have is three and four. So what are your thoughts here? Well, I'm glad you wrote down Michigan and Notre Dame down there at three and four because based on our projections, they will get into this race. You know, or the championships. Um, you know, again, Notre Dame slipped a little bit, but. Um, they have a lot of wins. I believe they have double-digit wins underneath their belt this season point-wise, and Michigan has right around that seven range. And so um, both those teams have definitely enough wins to get into this to this field. All right. Mid-Atlantic region, it was Princeton, Villanova, Georgetown, and Penn State. Are we seeing any teams coming from this region? Okay, this one's kind of uh, a little spicy. A little spicy. Little spicy. spicy. You know, Based on spice. the calculator, Georgetown's going to be like the last team in. Really? The last team in. They have a few wins, which depending on how the, the you know the fields like happen and what happens in the regionals, right? Sometimes that's not enough to to get in. And you know, based on the calculator, that's gonna be just enough to get them in. All right. They have a few wins and that's gonna be enough to get them in. The spice. Loving it. Yes. All right, Midwest. I know Oklahoma State and Iowa State pretty much dominated this region. There's, there's no no other discussion. No here. other discussion. No. Moving on. Mountain, goodness gracious. Well, similar to the to the <laughs> so women many again. Things happening here. Yes, so similar to the women, you have a lot of teams. And this is gonna be a place where I have to explain okay. things. Um so obviously you have NAU and BYU getting those two top ones. New Mexico has enough wins to get in on their own. They okay. have enough points. New Mexico in third there, I believe they had six six points this season. Um, so they're gonna get in. Same with, with Air Force, they have a lot of wins. They're kind of like Notre Dame where they're at that like double digit range. And so, um, you know, because New Mexico gets ahead and they have enough wins, they get in on their own. They would have been one of the, the next top teams in the country. Um, this is where it gets interesting and why I said shout out to Montana State for finishing <laughs> uh, fifth. Um, you know, if you're looking at this, they, I believe they didn't have, I don't think they had any any points, um, but they're going to get pushed in by Colorado. So wow. that's going to be important for them. They, um they had Colorado again. They had a lot, a lot of points. I think they had, um, you know, yeah, a lot of points, and so that's that's what's going to push them in. Montana State had zero, and so Colorado pushes them in. So the mountain region gets it done again. Six, like the women's, you're going to have six teams going in here. Wow. All right, Northeast. <sighs> I know we talked about the Northeast and how <laughs> crazy it was. It was crazy. You're going to have Iona. You're going to have Harvard you're going to have Syracuse. All right. So Syracuse, again, because they did so well at Nuttycomb, that's what's going to propel them forward. And they did very well at ACCs. Again, you're getting those those wins against some top teams running against them. And so um, those are going to be the three teams advancing from the Northeast. Okay. How about the South Central region? I know we mentioned Texas and Arkansas are the two dominant programs. Anybody yeah. else coming with yeah, them? Yeah, no surprises here. Those are going to be the two teams that go through. Um, no one else really had... Yeah, you know, the wins or anything in um, the points to get in. All right. How about Southeast? I feel like this is spicy. This also has to be another explanatory. Just add some hot sauce point. and pepper um, to this one. So as we mentioned, UNC gets that, that top spot. Eastern Kentucky sneaks up in there for a second. And this is where things get a little funky here, right? <laughs> Furman obviously finishes eighth, so they won't, they won't advance. But you have NC State, someone who comes in with, I think, zero, like zero wins, zero wow. points. 
they get third. However, Wake Forest behind them has plenty enough wins yes. to push them through. And so that's what you're going to see here. You're going to see Wake Forest pushing in NC State because NC State finished ahead of them, so they have to get pushed in. And then we're going to have a fifth team. Virginia has done well enough this season to, to get in there. And so you're going to have five teams from the Southeast moving in, which if NC State had not finished third, that would not be the case. We would not be talking about NC State right now. Wow. Yeah. So great job for yeah. NC State. Yes. All right, South Region, Tennessee, Florida State are in. Alabama, who is the 18th best team in the nation, and Ole Miss right I, there. You know, are we, as, as can Corey, we cross our fingers for Alabama? As Corey mentioned earlier with the little, you know, little, am I, was I alluding to something when I was saying they didn't <laughs> race at enough high-profile meets? That is their demise here. Oh. You're going to see Tennessee and Florida State get in. However, Alabama does not have the wins. They, like I said, they didn't race at, against a lot of these teams at Nutty Comb. Um, they, they didn't re race at the UVA Invitational. They, they raced at Joe Pien. They raced there, so they competed against. Um, they got some wins, um, I believe, over. Actually, they may not have gotten any wins from that. Now I'm looking. None of the auto qualifiers have come from that. So wow. that's, that's mean, shocking. Yeah, because they were, you know, I do think they're a very solid team, yeah. but they just they don't have the points to get in. So wow. there's, there's no way they can get in. And, and based on the calculations. Oh, man. Yeah. All right. So Alabama is not going to be contesting at NCAA's final. Am I on the final region? Yes. Final yes. region, the West region, the most dramatic region, I feel like, of them all. You have Stanford and Gonzaga 1-2, Portland, CBU, and Washington 3-4 and 5. Such a big race. What Are we going to see anybody from this region? Well, obviously Stanford and Gonzaga. Kudos to Gonzaga for getting the auto cue because they likely wouldn't have gotten in if that wasn't the case. Yeah. Um, and then same for Port. It's another situation where we have a push, right? So CBU has a ton of points because right. they did well throughout the season. They're going to push through Portland, who has, like, no points uh, because Portland finished ahead of CBU. So you want to get CBU through, so you're going to push them in. So we'll have those four teams contesting most likely – Excuse me, I didn't see the boys. Awesome. All right. Let's pass it all over to the gentlemen who have been busy at work writing down all the programs. I don't even know if we can read it. Can people read it? <laughs> no, <laughs> no, no, wait, wait, here we gotta We might need to move it up again. There we go. Hey, I know we, we do can't some, read it, but <laughs> some media math media rip math right here. Two plus three plus two plus four plus one plus one equals thirteen. Those are thirteen teams we got. Wow. Are you guys surprised by by this? You guys seem to be very surprised that Alabama is Yes. That's my I'm biggest one. And I think I'm not surprised. Like I think they're decent up front. They have the one two power, but then you look deeper in their like their spread at ten thousand meters and I'm looking at a spread of a minute and thirty nine seconds. Like that's pretty big to me. And I know they have those really, really low sticks up front, but like you gotta bring some of that that power from behind a little bit too, like to have the the whole team. I think the surprising thing though for me is like they, I mean, they beat Tennessee at SECs, you know, like they, they've yeah. beaten them before, yet they slide to third. And I yeah. think it's just more surprising too is like, I mean, again, it's just, it really comes down to like if they have no, they don't have the points. Yeah. But I think like that, like a, there's something like this where the larger field plays an effect where I'm talking about that spread because you have yeah. more people in the field that makes that spread that much more. Uh, important. Important, important to have that impact over that huge spread of like the top one, two guys. So at, at a place like the SECs, yeah, that's great. Awesome. It really works because 
there's a little bit less people. There, you know, handful of teams. Uh, what is it, SEC? I don't know. Yeah. 10, 15 teams. I, sorry, don't know the math on that off the top of my head. But then you open up the bigger region and tons more teams, tons more top people finishing between those guys. Then your points go down, and that's how you kind of get out. And I, I think NCAA is, is is built for some of these storylines, the the lesser known teams. I mean, that's why we watch these these events and we get so invested in them because of the Montana states, uh, because of the, the you know the the Wake Forests and and all the all these smaller teams. Wake Forest is a big team, but what I'm saying <laughs> is um, we're, we're looking for all these like smaller storylines that make this meet more important because. Um, you have these teams fighting to get in. CBU fighting to make a name for themselves. Uh, Air Force, Montana State, New Mexico. Um, you know, teams like that that just want to make a difference. I think that's why we watch this, and that's why you know this is so important for these teams to get in. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna. Th- oh, go ahead, Brian. Go ahead. And State was an interesting one for me, just that the men's team also made it, and that then it's like, okay, how many teams have men's and women's teams represented? Which is I think really cool when you can have both programs right. show up at the national meet. Obviously, NC State, NAU, BYU. Uh, I don't know. I can't go through them all because I don't remember all the women's uh, qualifiers off the top of my head. Right. But like, right. it's kind of cool when you can get both programs to a national meet and both, uh, you know, both show up to the big dance, mm-hmm. big okay. show. All right, I have a question for the gentleman because I don't think you'll be on our podcast on Monday. Um, as we look ahead, maybe we should. Maybe we should have. Or maybe you guys should join us. That'd be awesome. Is this a new addition, the whiteboard. Monday might be a little chaotic, just based <laughs> off where the whiteboard is located in HQ. But I'm going to ask you guys right now. I want you to make your predictions. I know we'll all be on the ground next week. But Corey and Brian, who do you have winning the men's title and the women's title? Well, as I said, the big question that keeps getting asked, a couple of comments in the in the comment section is Parker Valby versus yeah. Caitlin Tui. Yeah. Yeah. Why uh, don't y'all answer it for us? What do you think? I'm going with Tui. I'm gonna t- I'm, I'm gonna sorry, Tui I'm going too. with Tui. I, I think Valby looked good at, at uh the race earlier this season, but I think I don't know. Tui just seems like when, when you want when you think you might counter out, she's like, Oh no, 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 I'm coming back and yeah. coming back with vengeance. So yeah. I, I don't I don't like discounting Caitlin Tui and and especially that NC State squad, I think they got a lot on the line. Um, and I think she has to be their driving force. She's one of the leaders of the squad. So, um, yeah. I, We've I think seen her compete enough to know that she is an yeah. absolute fierce competitor. Like, yeah. she does not like to lose. And when she does, she takes it um, personally. personally. So, uh, yeah, I'm going with Tui. She gets okay. that look in her eye. It's like, so, don't mess with me. Like, I am, I am here. Okay, so Tui Tui. Brian, I'm assuming NC State for team title on the women's side. Uh, so for you, I didn't say that. I didn't say that just to be clear. That's oh, not okay. I, I just want to make sure. Um, I'm going with BYU on the women's side. I'm going with BYU. BYU, BYU women. Interesting. Interesting. Take. But they've been yeah. they've been pretty well. I've been saying that hmm. for the last couple weeks. Okay. I, I know it's not it's not like a hot take. I think and because NAU's ranked number one. Personally, it'd be kind of cool to see NAU and NAU men both win a title. Um, that'd be kind of cool. I mean, obviously, I know NAU, yeah. NAU men have been a powerhouse, but like the women have just been slowly now right. getting to the same level and the same national prowess. And it's cool to see, especially when you have both teams showing up in a big way to yeah. potentially do something big the, here. The reason I'm going with BYU is I just think there's so much depth on that team. 
that they can utilize on the day that is really dangerous i think when you come down to it and you get there you have a coach that's coached three would want a national title before um i just think that that's a team that you got to be you got to be worried about nc state you got to defend byu is coming up and chasing so i think playing that 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 spot is a little easier in some ways than being the defending champion Mm -hmm. Okay, I'm going... Wait, should we save our picks for later? You want to say... Okay. Okay, that's fine. So, okay, that's I got a question, fine. though. Not based on who's going, and y'all have obviously been keeping track super throughout the season. I'm kind of fresh in on this. Who is a dark horse potentially pick to possibly, you know, win, but also maybe sneak up on the podium for the teams? Mm. Oh, that's... On the ladies' side or the men's side? Men's and women's. I want. I want both from you guys. Mm, I do like Parker Wolf. I feel like he could slide up there individually. <laughs> I, I think pick maybe Rocky someone... Hanson. <laughs> no, if he runs, I, I think Parker well, Wolf is that I, guy I, I that could sneak Champion. I think since like 1940. So that would be pretty incredible. Yeah. I think moment for the program if he wins. Mm, I think a, a dark horse. Like I said earlier, Liam Murphy, I think, is a, is a pretty big name. He's running well. It seems to be firing all cylinders. Graham Blanks. Maybe uh, Graham Bob Blanks. Liking taking a, a, a whack at going for a, a, nat, a nat, natty title. Yeah. Kai Robinson, another big name, men's yeah. side. Yeah, you can't discount Kai Robinson. I agree there. Yeah, the, I agree. You think the, the men's title is a little bit up, uh, more for grabs, the individual title, and obviously the women. I think we have Parker Valby and Caitlin Tui locked in as two of the heavy favorites for the men's side. A little more wide open? Yeah, you know. I feel like it is. Yeah, I think, like, again, you're going to have, like, Nico Young and Drew, Drew Bosley trying yeah. to lead the way, but I feel like there's more newcomers who could slide into that conversation. I don't know what you guys think. Absolutely. Yeah, agreed. I don't – I mean, it would be impossible to kind of um, explain yeah. all the scenarios, but I, I agree with you. I think Nico's a, a really big favorite, potentially. Perfect. Well, since we're not giving our picks. Before we sign off, um, <laughs> our producer Amanda reminded us, if you guys remember a couple, ooh, few episodes ago. Many episodes Many ago. episodes ago. Oh, gosh, there's stuff on it. Okay. Gordon made a prediction that says, do not open until November 10th. Today is November 10th. In this envelope is the men's program that he said that people were going to think was going to make it through regionals into the NCAA championships, but won't. I know you know the answer. I told I, I know the answer. I told them not me. to tell me because I, I want to be surprised. So well, I'm, I'm going to be dramatic and open up the envelope. Like, like, <laughs> Sorry Amanda that it's <laughs> crumpled up. Amanda had it in her backpack. All right. Thermal. And the team is... Colorado won't make nationals. Well, they Colorado. Make, they, they will likely make it. So he was. That's an interesting <laughs> so, pick. So he was wrong. So he, he was, was wrong. wrong. <laughs> but I will give him credit. They finished six at the region, but they had enough points. So. So yeah. Interesting. Guess we'll wait till Saturday until it's officially official. Yeah. Official. As long as our projections are right on point. <laughs> All right. Well. Gosh, Corey and Brian, thank you so much for joining us today. It's been a pleasure have you guys join us. <laughs> it's been awesome. And you guys, thank you so much for tuning in to the Flow Track Podcast. Please subscribe, 
add the alert button on YouTube. Make sure you, we have all the results on our homepage at yep. Flowtrack, so you can go ahead and look at everything because we kind of just like talked about the top programs. Uh, give us a like, let us know what you think. We'll see you, Ashley and I, maybe Corey and Brian, maybe Monday. <laughs> and wonderful uh, pistachios. And wonderful pistachios. Hey, hey we're going to be at SCL next week, so we'll, we'll see each other on the road in Virginia. On the road yes, in Virginia. Yes. Hey. All right, you guys, thank you so much for joining us, and we'll see you next week.